tossing and turning all night like a salad, it's time to put those sleepless nights to bed for good. Enter Tanasi, my sleep saviors, and they have science to back up their sleep, anxiety, and pain-relieving powers. Back in 2016, they invested a $2.5 million grant to Middle Tennessee State University to study the hemp plant. Turns out their special patent-pending CBD-CBDA formula is twice as effective as CBD alone and can be more effective than over-the-counter ibuprofen, acetaminophen, and aspirin. So if you're tired of tossing and turning like a rotisserie chicken, then Tanasi's got your back with their range of great products from tinctures to gummies to lotions. Tanasi is my go-to when I can't sleep or I have way too much anxiety. I'm so glad that I discovered them. So go to Tanasi.com and use the code POWER to get 25% off your order. That's Tanasi.com, T-A-N-A-S-I, to get 25% off your first order with the promo code POWER. Are you tired of your digestive system feeling like a circus act gone wrong? Introducing Ritual's 3-in-1 Gut Superhero Symbiotic Plus, a probiotic, prebiotic, and postbiotic all rolled into one. And with 25% off with the code POWER, there's no better time to check out Ritual. Let's break it down. Probiotics are like the cool kids at the gut party, keeping everything in check and making sure the good vibes are flowing. Prebiotics are their wingmen, fueling the party with all the right snacks to keep the good bacteria thriving. And postbiotics, well, they're like the cleanup crew, sweeping away the mess and leaving your gut feeling fresh and fabulous. So say goodbye to the gut drama and remember, there's no more shame in your gut game. Symbiotic Plus and Ritual are here to celebrate, not hide your insides. Get 25% off your first month for a limited time at ritual.com power. Sober Powered is sponsored by BetterHelp. I was a stress drinker and I thought if only I didn't have so much stress, I wouldn't have to drink this much. But do you know why I had all this stress? Because I didn't have the skills to take stressors off my plate so they built up and wore me down. Some stressors are big and others are small, but carrying around 25 minor annoyances is going to have an impact on you. Plus, did you know that alcohol messes with our stress response system and decreases our ability to handle stress? It makes small things seem like a much bigger deal. Learning how to manage stress and take things off my plate has changed my life. I'm calm, I'm less reactive, and I believe that I can handle whatever comes my way. I feel proud of the way that I handle things now. You can get there too. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com sober to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp. H-E-L-P dot com slash sober. Welcome back to the Sober Powered Podcast. I'm Jill, and today I'm going to talk about a new genetic study on moderate drinking and heart health. We have believed for so long that moderate drinkers are healthier than non-drinkers because they drink alcohol moderately. But this study has given us clues on why moderate drinkers may actually be healthier and if alcohol is actually good for your heart. You'll learn more about the study, what they found, some other interesting studies on moderate drinking, and how you can take care of your heart health. So let's dig in. A recent study published in the Journal of the American Medical Association found that any amount of drinking increases heart disease risk. 
The risk increase is small if you're drinking one drink per day, which is what we have believed is healthy for a long time, but it increases quickly the more that you drink. Moderate drinkers are often healthier than non-drinkers, and this is one of the reasons why society has always believed moderate drinking is healthy. If you didn't listen to episode 85 yet, make sure to go do that because I explained why correlation can't be used to make conclusions about anything. And many of these studies about moderate drinking being healthy only show correlation. Moderate drinkers are often healthier because they are less likely to smoke, they exercise more, weigh less, eat healthier, and make more money so they can afford better health care. Their lifestyle and socioeconomic status is why they are healthier, not because of the alcohol that they're drinking. So this new study used UK Biobank data, which we've talked about in episodes 85 and 90. They looked at about 400,000 people with an average age of 57 who drank about 9.2 drinks per week. They used a method called Mendelian randomization, which can be used to infer causation. In the previous episodes where I've talked about UK Biobank data, I've had problems with it because the methods the researchers used could only determine correlation, which just shows an association between things, not that one thing causes the other. Mendelian randomization is a statistical method that looks at the relationship between genetic susceptibility to a specific risk factor, like the amount of alcohol that you drink, and a disease outcome, like heart disease. If you remember your biology, then you may recognize the word Mendelian because of Mendel's laws in biology. But if you have no idea what any of that means, then don't worry. So basically, we randomly inherited genes from each of our parents, and the genes we randomly inherited from our mom did not influence the genes we randomly inherited from our dad. They were both inherited randomly and separate from each other. Our genes are determined at conception and are already established by the time we're drinking alcohol or get heart disease. So that's why this type of study can look at cause and effect and not just show an association. So in this study, they used genetic variants associated with heavy or light drinking, removed variants associated with other risk factors for heart disease like smoking, body mass index, physical activity, veggie intake, red meat intake, cholesterol level, and more. And then they looked if people with genetic variants that are linked to drinking moderately have less heart disease and lower blood pressure than people with variants linked to heavy drinking. This resulted in an exponential curve where the more someone drank, the higher the risk for heart disease and high blood pressure became. And the risk shot up when someone drank 21 drinks or more per week. So that's only three standard drinks per day or three 5% beers or three five ounce glasses of 12% wine. If you're drinking a bottle of 12% wine per night, that's five standard drinks a day. And if you're drinking a bottle of 15% wine per night or drinking stronger beers, then that's even more standard drinks of alcohol. So this study found that a middle-aged person who did not drink alcohol had a 9% chance of having heart disease. And a person who had one drink a day 
had a 10.5% chance of having heart disease. And this study was also supported by data from the Mass General Brigham Biobank that included additional data on drinking, lifestyle, and heart health from about 31,000 patients. They found that drinking seven drinks per week is associated with modest increases in cardiovascular risk and a bigger jump when you go up to 14 drinks per week for both men and women, even though the guidelines have always said that 14 or less drinks per week for men is okay. So the researchers said that the guidelines need to be revisited and that we need to take aggressive efforts to reduce alcohol intake in heavy drinkers because reducing alcohol intake will likely reduce cardiovascular risk for everyone, not just for a specific population of people, but not drinking or drinking a lot less is better for everybody. The strongest study design here would have been a randomized clinical trial where they take a bunch of high-risk people and have them either drink one drink a day or not drink. This study was actually planned in 2017, but it was killed because the researchers had inappropriate contact with the alcohol industry when they were planning the study. This creates a bias, and studies have found that even if the researchers don't think they are biased, when a specific industry funds a study, the results end up favoring that industry. So it would be more likely that the results of the study would end up favoring moderate drinking. I talked more about this study being shut down in episode 85 if you're interested. We know that a lot of people have been drinking more in the pandemic and doctors have also found that average blood pressure increased too and that changes in weight did not account for the rise in blood pressure. Average blood pressure increased by about 3 millimeters of mercury and this change was seen in every state of the U.S. A 2020 study published in the New England Journal of Medicine looked at 140 people with atrial fibrillation, which is a form of heart disease, who on average had 17 drinks a week. They randomized them into two groups where one group didn't drink at all and the other was told to drink two drinks per week. They followed these groups for six months and found at the end of the study, the group who was drinking less had atrial fibrillation symptoms 1.2% of the time, and the group who stopped drinking completely had symptoms 0.5% of the time. AFib can be caused by heavy drinking, and it's when your heart beats irregularly, often really fast, because blood is having trouble getting through the heart. It can cause blood clots in the heart and increases the risk of stroke and heart failure. I talked about this condition more in episode 17, Alcohol and the Heart. Alcohol is actually the most common trigger of AFib symptoms reported by patients, and this study found that AFib symptoms returned quicker for the group who continued drinking but just reduced compared to the abstinent group. And the more symptoms that you have of this condition, the more at risk you are for negative side effects like stroke or heart failure. So this new genetic study suggests that the benefits we previously thought alcohol was contributing to heart health are actually just from lifestyle factors associated with moderate drinking. And it makes sense if we apply common sense here. Alcohol is a toxin that we are only evolutionarily designed to be able to consume as a last resort when food is scarce and we didn't want to die. 
So it makes sense that it would not be a healthy thing to consume. The reason that so many studies have found that moderate drinking is healthier than not drinking at all is because moderate drinkers tend to have better lifestyles than non-drinkers. They exercise more, eat healthier, and are less likely to smoke. The researchers from this study said that in the biobank data they looked at, that light to moderate drinkers had healthier lifestyles than people who didn't drink. And when you adjust for these lifestyle factors, the protective associations between drinking moderately and heart health go away. The Nurses Health Study followed 78,000 women from 1980 to 2014, and the Health Professionals Follow-Up Study looked at 40,000 men and women from 1986 to 2014. And a 2018 study from Harvard looked at both of these studies and the impact of lifestyle on life expectancy. This study identified five low-risk lifestyle factors that promote longevity, and those are not smoking, maintaining a BMI between 18.5 and 24.9, doing 30 minutes per day of moderate to vigorous physical activity, eating a healthy diet, and drinking moderately. And we can ignore the moderate drinking one now because we know that's just silly, but this study found that for people who did none of these things, they had a life expectancy of 7 79 years for women and 75 years for men compared to people who did all of these things lived to be 93 for women and almost 88 for men. So that is a big difference. The CDC suggests that regularly visiting the doctor, eating a healthy diet, getting at least 150 minutes of moderate cardio every week, getting at least two days a week of strength training, not smoking, and taking medications as needed, like for high blood pressure, are how we can live a heart-healthy lifestyle. So if you're not sure what to do to be healthy, use that as a guideline. You don't need to buy a bunch of supplements or pay for fancy programs to teach you this. Just work on being a little bit better than yesterday with your diet and exercise and go to the doctor. When I went to LA a couple weeks ago, I watched the Tomb Raider movie from 2018 on the plane, and the actress who played Tomb Raider became my fitness inspiration. She wasn't super skinny or unattainably voluptuous. She was just athletic and fit and healthy. And since I got back, I keep asking myself, would Tomb Raider eat this? Or would Tomb Raider sit on the couch or go on a walk? Whenever I'm about to make a decision about food or exercise, I ask myself that question. And it sounds silly, but it's helping me make better choices. Tomb Raider wouldn't get milkshakes every day or sit on the couch as much as possible or get takeout every single night for dinner. And you can do this kind of thing with your sobriety too. Pick some sober inspo and ask yourself what that person would do if they were in your situation. Would they have a drink? Would they go to therapy? Would they check out meetings? Would they set boundaries? Would they respond to someone like that? Having a sober or fitness inspo person is helpful because it forces you to pause before you act. And that's what emotional maturity is all about. Not making rash or reactive decisions, but instead considering your options before acting. So this is a silly way to do it, but it allows you to have that pause, which can be really hard to develop and takes practice. And if you want to learn more about emotional sobriety, I talked about that in episode 35. So overall, it's a huge surprise, I am sure, but moderate drinking is actually not healthy. 
It doesn't help you live longer. It doesn't make your heart healthier. It's just an association. The truth is moderate drinkers just happen to have better lifestyles than non-drinkers. And that is it. So we should be looking more at their lifestyle choices and not at the amount of alcohol that they're drinking. And I will talk to you next week. I'm Madeline, and I'm the host of the Happiest Sober Podcast. I got sober in my 20s after a decade of gray area drinking, and the greatest plot twist of all time was realizing that alcohol, the thing that I thought made my life the most happy and fun and exciting, was actually the exact thing preventing me from living my happiest and best life. My mom is 40 years sober, and she joins me on my podcast very often. I like to call her my part-time co-host, and I also bring you solo episodes where I share my top tips, tricks, and mindset shifts in sobriety, and lots of how to's for navigating all the things sober from weddings to parties to holidays to bachelorette parties to trips i'm also joined by so many guests who come on and share their sober stories and they're all so so inspiring i'm here to show you that life doesn't end when you quit drinking in fact it's very much the opposite and no matter what your relationship was with alcohol life can be the absolute happiest when you're sober new episodes come out every tuesday you can listen to happiest sober podcast wherever you get your podcasts